Hello and welcome back to Lounge With Books. I'm Sophie. And I'm Claire. And we are two friends keeping in touch through the power of books and especially with our book club. We have recently just finished our eighth book club read together, which was Nod by Adrian Barnes. And this book was selected by Claire. It was a sci-fi, dystopic, suspenseful kind of psychological thriller. And wow, this book was, I think, the best book club book we've done so far. In my opinion, yeah, I, I think also it's just been quite emotional as well when you read about the author and and what what happened to him and how the book has come to be published and him not really be here for that. So it it's just crazy. But the book, I'm pleased to say, has a bit of a bunker diary ending, <laughs> and I'll say no more because that's one of my favourite YA books. And uh, yeah, it was a great book. There's, I think it was very interesting how the character ends up in the end. Yeah, I you think get it a was. little bit. You get a little bit of a clue as to what happens, really, with because it happens with somebody else. So, but I never really cottoned on to that. I didn't. I, I wasn't quite sure how it would go. I have to say, at the end of last podcast, I was thinking, how does he get off this boat? How does he get back to where he started at the beginning of the book? And actually, the chapters that we read to the end were really well executed. There yes. was a lot of tension. There was a lot of drama. Yes. You were still yes. rooting 100% for the character. And as the book drew to an end, you felt I felt satisfied with the ending, but also like, yes. wow. Like, that was impactful. Yeah. Like, that's a book that yeah. I'll be thinking about... 15 years from now and be like oh what was that book that I read that was really crazy and weird yeah it left a lot of questions still needing to be answered but it didn't need to be answered if you like mm. it, it was left good it up for to you the to imagination just... of the reader yes yeah exactly but not in a horrible way you know like some books end you like what <laughs> what is this yeah. one it was nice that it left that open for you it was a perfect ending really it's like it wasn't happy we knew it wouldn't be happy but it wasn't hmm. unhappy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so that was nod by adrian barnes my rating of this will be a, a strong overdue this is a book that i will probably recommend to anybody and anyone that wants to listen to it no doubt they'll read it and be like whoa that was a bit intense <laughs> for a recommendation um, but i think if you're struggling or in a reading slump this is a book that as soon as you pass those first 20 pages you'll be in it and you won't want to put it down yeah I, I agree with you I'd, I'd already decided I was going to give it an overdue it was just a real different book for us to read and uh, just quite a poignant read really and yeah. and the emotions of the author and, and everything yeah it was a great book I am glad that we read that one together because I feel like if we weren't yes. in a reading group, I'd be like, who am I going to talk to about this book? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, um, there's just exactly. so many things that you want to just talk about and unpick throughout the journey. But yeah, brilliant choice, Claire. I mean, throughout the course of our reading journey, we've all, always picked quite emotive, quite thought-provoking books. But this one, like you say, it was just completely different in terms of its genre mm. and its layout. Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, on to the next book, which was my choice. I've gone for a classic, just because I feel like reading a classic a year is something we should do. And with it coming up to Pride Month, I wanted to celebrate a classic author that is kind of a bit queer, a bit sapphic. And so I've gone for a book written by Virginia Woolf. 
Um, Virginia Woolf is a highly celebrated author. Um, she's written loads and loads of different books, and I feel like she's one of those female authors that is now getting quite a lot of press about how, how great she was as an author, um, which is nice. And I've always wanted to read one of her books, but I never knew which one to read. But I went on Goodreads because I was looking at all the different books and I came across this review and this review was posted by Paul on Goodreads and he posted it underneath to The Lighthouse, which, spoiler alert, that is the book that I've chosen. (laughs) And I just thought, this is the best poem. This was his five-star rating to To The Lighthouse. It's a problem, dear Virginia. They like stuff that's much more linear. I know your teeth you will grip, but you have to admit... You may be hot, but there's not a lot of plot that you got. Five pages about rain on a distant steeple is five too many for most of the British people. They moan about Miss Dalloway in such a very callow way. Instead of your Orlando, they prefer something more blando. They'd rather go to raves than have to read the waves. And no one's read the years in years and years and years. Well, I know it's prostitution, but here is my solution. Because the horror of being unread is worse than being undead. If a Ramsey had gone to the lighthouse to have a bit of sex, or if one of the younger striplings had had some rippling pecs, on which you used your vocabulary and you got a visit from the constabulary, and was found to be obscene and demented, and they found out what the lighthouse represented, well, then you would now languish in post-mortem anguish. And though you'd never have a prayer about selling Stephanie Mare, still your books would be devoured, delightfully deflowered, and though never to be... Milf, Wolf, would become Wilf. They've sexualized Virginia Woolf's writing quite a lot, but I, I thought it was funny because they're just talking about how all her books aren't really appreciated because there's not a lot of raunchiness in them. Mm. <laughs> but I just thought, for someone to take the time to write that poem, I've got to read it now. Yeah, I thought that was a great poem. Wasn't it just? I probably didn't do it justice yeah. reading it out because there was a lot. I think it's quite... <laughs> It was quite good how he he sort of ended certain words to, to make them rhyme and yeah. make words up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it because some people would love this book and other people are like, wow, that's a lot of writing. But yeah, that is why I chose this book too, The Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf. And I'm hoping it's going to be all that I want it to be. Yeah, well, I'm very pleased that you sent me the book. It's beautiful. I've got a really lovely cover on it. It's like a storm clown with it raining and the lighthouse light on it. It's very (laughs) lovely. And it just feels so nice as well. So thank you very much. Always like a bit of book post. Are we going to do some reading? Yeah. Why don't you tell everyone what it's about? As the poem obviously didn't allude to everything the lighthouse is about. So, Mr and Mrs Ramsay and their eight children have always holidayed at their summer house in Skye, surrounded by family friends. The novel's opening section teems with the noise, complications, bruised emotions, joys and quiet tragedies of the everyday family life that might go on forever. But time passes, bringing with it war and death. And the summer house stands empty until one day, many years later, when the family returned to make the long postponed visit to the lighthouse. One of the great literary achievements of the 20th century to the lighthouse is at once an intensely autobiographical and universally moving masterpiece. 
it, it sounds like a very emotional read about family, which I know is something that you enjoy. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite moving, maybe, a little bit, you know, bruised emotions, joys and quiet tragedies. There's going to be a lot of characters, though. <laughs> yeah. Two parents, eight kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of kids. It's a lot of children. I mean, they're saying that, you know, there's no sex in Virginia Woolf's books, but they've had all the sex before it, probably, <laughs> to get the eight kids. <laughs> she just didn't need to write about it. Yeah. She's like, you know, uh, you know that it's happened. So we're going to do a little bit of reading from chapter one, because we like to always start mm, with a bit of reading out yeah. of the books that we've chosen. So chapter one. Yes, of course, if it's fine tomorrow, said Miss Ramsay. But you'll have to be up with the lark, she added. To her son, these words conveyed an extraordinary joy, as if it were settled. The expedition were bound to take place, and the wonder to which she had looked forward for years and years, it seemed, was, after a night's darkness and a day's sail, within touch. Since he belonged, even at the age of six, to that great clan which cannot keep this feeling separate from that, but must let future prospects, with their joy and sorrows, cloud what is actually at hand. Since to such people, even in earliest childhood, any turn in the wheel of the sensation has the power to crystallise and transfix the moment upon which its gloom on radiance rests. James Ramsay, sitting on the floor, cutting out pictures from the illustrated catalogue of the army and navy stores, endowed the picture of a refrigerator as his mother spoke with heavenly bliss. It was fringed with joy. The wheelbarrow, the lawnmower, the sound of poplar trees, leaves whitening before rain, rooks cawing, brooms knocking, dresses rustling, all these were so coloured and distinguished in his mind that he had already his private code, his secret language, though he appeared the image of a stark and uncompromising severity, with its high forehead and his fierce blue eyes impeccably candid and pure frowning slightly at the sight of human frailty so that his mother watching him guide his scissors neatly round the refrigerator imagined him all red and ermine on the bench or directing a stern and momentous enterprise in some crisis of public affairs i'm already a bit lost on that bit but I have to say... What's he doing? Uh, he's cutting out pictures. It sounds like he's cutting out pictures and sticking them... In but, a magazine, yeah. Yeah. But she's like, you can do it tomorrow as long as you're up early. And then he's talking about sailing. Um, yeah. But then I don't know where it went from that. Hmm. We will read on and find <laughs> out. This is my issue with classic books sometimes. I'm like, what? I <laughs> know. <laughs> You're like, is that something I really need to know? <laughs> but we'll read on. I think actually for a classic book, it's not too... Like, I feel like if that was Jane Eyre, it could have been a lot harder to follow. Uh, oh, yeah, and a lot bigger. We're doing our one classic of the year. Technically, I've already read War of the Worlds this year, but this is my second classic, and then I'll probably park it for a while. <laughs> Yeah, and well, you don't want me to choose a classic next. You could do. I feel like the classics you choose are usually quite good. <laughs> I usually choose the easy children's ones. <laughs> We're going to read up to chapter nine, yeah? Yeah. 
Sounds great. So yeah, do join us in reading to chapter nine. Next week on the podcast, we will be discussing our thoughts so far in this book, if we've even understood the literature that we're reading. (laughs) Other than that, Claire, what else have you been reading this week? I am still on the diary of a bookseller. I've had quite a busy sort of week uh, with bits and pieces going on and decorating and stuff like that. So I'm still on the diary of a bookseller. Uh, But I thought I'd read you a couple of bits. Oh, yeah. Because they are quite funny, some of the bits that I read. He is, it's after work. He he goes off and does lots of, he's always going off out of his bookshop and going to meetings and going to houses and like picking up like boxes of books and like buys them. I don't know. He's like got this great big warehouse where he keeps all these books, but he'll buy like hundreds of books at a time you know, and puts them in the bookshop and it's just crazy really. But anyway, (laughs) this is quite funny. After work, I went to a meeting organised by the council, chaired by someone called the Shop Doctor, whose job it is to help retailers improve their businesses. It turned out to be a complete waste of time and I spent three pointless hours being tortured by his PowerPoint presentation, an abomination rich with revelatory insights like if you keep your doors open, more customers will come and than if it's closed. And the name of your business should reflect what you sell. Well, I think I managed to nail that one. There's not a lot of ambiguity about the bookshop. I reached my limit and left when he showed a series of photographs of seriously run-down shops and asters like a group of preschool children. Can anybody see what's wrong with this one? By this point, everyone was seething and for a brief moment, I feared a lynching, a fear that rapidly became a hope the moment he addressed me. You, you've been very quiet. What do you think is wrong with this shop front? He oozed as his projector clicked to a photograph of a shop with no sign, a smashed window and a burnt out car in front of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think, and he just he just talks about all stuff like that going on. And um, this one, he, he went and visited a house and uh, awoke at 8am and drove to a house in Glasgow to meet a young couple who are moving house and have decided to sell their book collection. It included an assortment of mountaineering books and I picked out three boxes worth and offered them £75. As I was writing the cheque on the desk in their office, I accidentally nudged the mouse next to the monitor, which activated the previously dormant screen. It brought up a swingers website on which there was a photograph of a very attractive young dark-haired woman. Thankfully, neither of them was in the room at the time, and when the wife reappeared to take the cheque, the screen server had returned. Oh my god. <laughs> That is hilarious. How does he get himself into all these scrapes? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I, 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 I am definitely tittering my way through that book. It's good. It's keeping me entertained, these anecdotes. Yeah. It yeah. seems like every page is an anecdote of this person's life. Like, you just think, how have they managed to get in these situations? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean... Um, for me, last podcast, I spoke quite a lot about the book How High We Go in the Dark by Sekua Nagamatsu. 
that's a terrible butchery of their name. Um, but I finished this book. I did speak at length about the different stories. I was actually on the last story in the previous podcast, but I didn't realise. Um, this book for me would probably be a renewal. I think there's some stories in here that I think people would really enjoy, and it's definitely one that I would say you should read this as a a new modern sci-fi it had kind of everything that you'd want I think sometimes I just struggle with the short story kind of layout Mm. because I like to follow a particular person and if we're going all over the place I find it hard to connect I mean this book they did write it during the pandemic and you can tell there's a lot of themes of that in here of isolation and where the planet's going and that sort of thing um but yeah overall a really good read it'll be a renew from me I also finished H.G. Wells's audiobook. As I say, the narrator for this audiobook was the worst. That's probably why it was free. Just awful. I think they ruined this story for me. Maybe I would have liked it if I'd read it. I did send you the musical version of that, didn't I? <laughs> you did send me the musical. Um, this one is going to be a return. I think, like I say, if I'd read this book, it might have been different. There were definitely good elements of it. The beginning of the book when the Martians come and start attacking him, brilliant. The end of the book when he's kind of like having this battle with the Martians and trying to get back to his wife and trying to figure out what happened. That was also very good. It concluded quite nicely. But that middle section about the brother was most of the book and didn't really make sense or relate to anything. And even though I went into this book knowing that the aliens died from catching like an infection from Earth, it was still really disappointing. You know, you've mm. got these like epic machines that can destroy anything, but then they get a sneeze and die, and you're just like... <laughs> Very anticlimactic, yeah. even though I knew that was going to yeah. be the case. So yeah, this is a return for me. Not my cup of tea. I think I'll stick with my modern sci-fi. Obviously, it paved the way to fiction that I enjoy, but... I just thought it was very wordy. There was parts of the story that didn't really flow. And yeah, just don't get the audiobook. <laughs> Read it. <laughs> so there you go. I'm now currently reading Electra by Jennifer Saint. I went back to my Greek mythology. This book is told from the perspective of three characters during the Troy invasion. And one of those characters is Electra, who's the daughter of. I think it, oh, I can't say his name, but it's like Agamon. He's mm. um, one of the kings that led war on Troy to get Helen back because Helen was married to his brother before she was stolen by Paris. So you, you learn about Electra. The other character is his wife. So her story and what she goes through. And then the other female character is Cassandra, who's actually in Troy. Um, she's the sister of Paris and she can see visions of the future but no one believes her because Apollo bestowed this curse on her that no one would ever believe her predictions uh, and so far I'm really enjoying it I've always really liked the the siege of Troy it's always a fascinating story I obviously mm. read the song of Achilles by Madeline Miller that is on that same subject but is more from the side of Achilles whereas this is a completely different view on that myth and and take on the story. I'm about halfway through. The change of narratives in this one means that you've got short chapters. It's really engaging. I do like that when you bounce between the characters and see how their story flows. I do think at the moment, the wife's story is the most interesting because she's just been through a lot. (laughs) Whereas the other two characters are okay, but 
you know, they're not as interesting as the main woman. So, so far, I've really enjoying it. It's been quite refreshing and it has got me back into reading because I feel like the other two books, well, you know, War of the Worlds, but, uh, but how high we go in the dark wasn't quite up to the hype that I thought it was going to be. So, whereas Electra, yeah, it's good. It's meeting my expectations. You're back in, you're back in your comfort zone. Back in my flow. <laughs> <laughs> That's and great. Uh, yeah, so that's all my reading so far. I need to think about a new audiobook to pick up, but I think I've got something that I might uh, choose. So that is all from us today. As always, do check out our Instagram. We are always posting, you know, reels of what we're currently reading or recommendations of things you should read. Um, so do have a look at those. And of course, Claire will be showcasing her lovely copy of To the Lighthouse in that lovely seaside area that she lives in. So do give that a like. We will be reading up to chapter nine. Do join us because we'll be chatting about it next week. And it is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you.